This is the Scalf Podcast, and I am Mark Belden. Scalf is to be found at www.scalf.org.uk. It's a virtual project space accessible to anyone everywhere. Like a physical artist-run gallery, it's a space created and curated by artists, presenting work in different ways. It's not the documentation of an exhibition happening somewhere else. The site is the space and the visitor is you on your computer or device. This is the third episode of the podcast, and this time I have three guests, Holly Graham, Aaron Hughes, and Emba Sale Bennett. Although they all have their own art practices, together they are Cypher Billboard, running an ongoing project space in North London. The exhibition program takes place on a billboard facing the main road in the neighborhood of Bounds Green. In addition to organizing the artwork on the billboard site, as Cypher Billboard, they have organized the new exhibition on Skelf. I suppose, even despite working on the Skelf site, I still carry around certain assumptions of what a gallery is or how an exhibition space will be. It will have a front door, however difficult that door is to find. It will have a space painted white inside, even if it used to be a shop or a bank or a factory. It will be open, say, 12 to 6 a few days a week, but probably close Mondays. But looking at my own recent work as a painter, even, I've been in shows in other people's flats and offices, in a hairdressing salon, and of course there's this podcast. Perhaps the whole idea of what constitutes an artist-run center or an experimental project space is morphing and changing, especially in a city like London where dusty old warehouses often have become too valuable to let artists play around inside. So given that these are the current conditions, I was very keen to talk with Holly, Aaron, and Amba and find out more about how the Cypher Billboard project came to be. I wanted to try and fill in a little bit of history, going from the Cypherspace Gallery in Berlin and then in London, then to the recent run of exhibitions on the Cypher Billboard site, including their off-site and related events, and bringing us up to the online exhibition Bounds that they've put together on Scalf. Before we get to the interview, part of a recent Cypher Billboard event with the artists Eilish and Jakob took place at a karaoke night in Bounds Green. So here's a bit of the backing track from the night. Feel free to sing along if you know the words. First was there Cypher Space? That's right, yeah, so myself, uh, Laszlo Fondanani and Emma Papworth, they're both really great artists. Uh, the three of us, we were living in Berlin together in Moabit and oh, yeah. we set up a project space there and we hosted 
maybe like 10 exhibitions and some different events and stuff. And then I think it was the last show we did in the space, Holly and Amber came from London and uh, we did the backdrop exhibition. And from that, it travelled to London as well. So that was the first time I think we'd worked together outside of... Well, we all studied together at BA as well. Oh, OK. okay. Um, we were in the same year, so we did degree show together. But then I think it was... That was in 2012, and then we did the backdrop show in 2016, so yeah. four years okay. later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was quite a while. It was quite a nice way to reconnect, because yeah. I think at the time Amber was doing uh, re- some research and um, mm. was speaking to different artist kind of peers, mm. um, thinking about like learning through practice, and I think I felt really... Like, I wasn't particularly helpful at all because, like, every time Amber would come and see me in my studio, I'd be like, I haven't done anything. <laughs> I haven't made anything at all. Um, but I'd be working here and I'd be doing this and we'd just have a catch-up. Um, but it was on one of those occasions that we were chatting about Erin's space and um, what you'd been up to. And we were like, yeah, we should really, like, maybe do something. Like, And at the time, I think you were also, Erin was thinking about moving back to London. So the first exhibit, that first kind of project that we did that sort of like bridged both Berlin and London was also envisaged as like the beginning of potential projects between both cities, which Mm. didn't really happen. It more happened that like we continued doing things in London more. Mm. But yeah. And when you did the project in London for... Cypher Space was it was that part of Artlix Weekend that so was like twenty sixteen I guess and yeah yeah, yeah that's right yeah. um yeah it was really great but it I think we were we were doing it anyway and I remember at the time I was working for a gallery and I was like doing listings and social media and stuff and like anything people sent our way would be like yeah we can share that um and I remember like sharing Artlix Weekend call out. And my colleague being like, oh, are you applying to that this year? And me being like, no, hadn't thought about it. (laughs) (laughs) Just like sharing away. And then it was like only a week later, I think actually we'd missed the deadline by like a day or two. And I was like looking over it. I was like, this is perfect. And it falls at the same time that we've got this show. And, you know, that is exactly what we're doing. Um, So, yeah, like dropped them a quick email saying would you still be potentially up for receiving a quick application? And mm-hmm. they were like, you can send it through, we'll see what we can do. Um, so yeah, and then it was great. So we got involved in that and it did really bring in more people actually. It was like other audiences who wouldn't, I don't think, have seen the work otherwise. Yeah, they um, brought tours around as well, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess it was an opportunity for, I met Emma because we met in, the first time I met Emma, even though she was on the same undergraduate as us, we didn't cross over. Um, and we met in Berlin for that exhibition in Cyberspace and then ended up doing a collaboration for the show in the backdrop show at a- ASC. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's quite nice. And I've done some shows with Emma since, so. Mm. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And then we've worked with, Artlicks, we've done things with Artlicks weekend since as well. Yeah. Um, but I guess it, as as an event, it's really good for, um, yeah, like the tours and also just if people get the map, they're more likely to try out a new space or a new yeah, sort definitely. of space yeah. or, um, yeah, whether it's um, in a studio or a, a, like I've 
been involved in shows in people's apartments mm-hmm. <laughs> um, during Art Licks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, the first Cypher Billboard, was that also, uh, that was launched the next year at Art Licks? Or? Yeah, it was. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> having to think back. But yeah, so the Billboard project came about um, because a friend of mine's dad, who is an artist turned property developer, um, had a site of land, a, a, yeah, a site he was developing, building some houses on, and it had the billboard on it. Um, and so, and it was sort of disused, and he knew that I was an artist and mentioned to me, like, if you ever want to show some work there or do anything, then you're very welcome to. Um, yeah, I think initially I'd drawn up some ads for him to advertise <laughs> his houses. That was, like, how it started. Oh, OK, yeah. Um, and then he was like, yeah, if you ever want to do anything else. Um, and I th- remember being like, oh, that's very nice, and, like, sort of parking it, not sitting on it for, like, a year, not really thinking about it. And then I saw him again, and he mentioned it again and said, but seriously, you know, got this space, nothing's happening, I'm not that keen on advertising on it, so if you'd like to show some work or do something... Um, and we'd been doing a few projects by that point, and so it felt like a really natural sort of like partnership to like do something a bit more extensive with the site um, under that sort of like cipher mm. banner. Um, mm. So yeah, that's how that sort of started up. Because I guess initially it was like, especially with the cipher space, it kind of was initiated to get and receive feedback on work mm. and show our own work. But it's just funny because we were almost like the trial run, like showing our own work for mm-hmm. the first run of Cypher Billboard. And now it's like okay, yeah. changed into kind of more like programming. And mm. it's, yeah, it's funny how it's kind of developed like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really big part of Cypher space in Berlin, wasn't it? That yeah. Time? That's how it started. It started with weekly crits. Okay, the three of us yeah. got together and we'd focus on one person's studio each week. And then eventually... I mean, we had totally different practices, but by the end, we were like, we should totally do a show. And then we converted the top floor of the studio block where I was, I had my studio at the time, into an exhibition space. And that's, yeah, that's how it started from, yeah, getting critical feedback and, yeah, doing the crits. You've always said that, like, the cipher name has that, like, the idea of, like, a rapid flow. Yeah, that was from Lazo. Yeah. We should totally call it Lazo for that. <laughs> yeah. He's like really into rap and they do like oh, cyphers okay. in rapping where they do a sort of, yeah, uh, like short kind that. of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, no, I didn't short know that. Kind of, uh, bits of rap, which I think are kind of improvised. And, uh, and it's really yeah. quick, kind of back and forth, mm. like mm. responsive. Yeah. Cheers, Lazo. <laughs> <laughs> I was all, I guess I was also wondering about um, with the billboard is it is it pretty much do you just get in touch with the same people who print and put up commercial billboard or other billboard or conventional billboards yeah uh, pretty much I mean yeah yeah I know because it was so the first time like initially we got some we showed some work in Pembroke College and sold it to their collection. So that was going to be like the kind of pot of money that we were using to spend on the first run of the billboards, um, which covered printing. And then we thought we'd do the pasting. 
but then it was just before I had like my viva the next day or something or like that week and so Erin and Holly were putting up the billboard like physically pasting it okay um but like it was yeah it was really it seemed like extremely dangerous and people were heckling them in cars being like get down you look this looks so unsafe (laughs) the neighbours were like bringing them crisps and tea (laughs) yeah yeah um so I think, yeah, after that, we thought probably used up all of our, like, lives with this, so, or, like, chances, so, yeah, got professional pasting, which kind of meant we had to fundraise alongside the project. Okay. Um, but, yeah, also pulled that off. Yeah, it was, it was really funny, actually, because Steve, the, the site owner, had said something, so when he advertised for his houses and got me to put together the advert or whatever... He said, like, oh, I just pasted it up myself on a ladder. It was really scary, and I won't do it again. But you can sort of do it yourself, or you can get someone else to do it. And obviously, us being artists, we're like, yeah, obviously, we can do it ourselves. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but it was very challenging, and there's a reason that there are, like, professionals who mm-hmm. <laughs> know how to do it and have the kit and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think one of the really... Uh, like great things about outsourcing that work was that it forced us to like actually value it financially mm. and to like being able <clears throat> being able to like account for that and budget that in whereas like we wouldn't we'd never value our own time hopefully we, mm. we're starting to that, yeah. but like at the time we weren't in that way at all um, so that was just like absorbed costs that weren't even like registered as like, mm. you know, something that we're doing in kind or anything. It was just like, mm. um, so I think having to account for those things is really useful learning curve. And then I guess subsequent to that, does the process of making it become more about creating a digital image with the artist or? I think it's always been the idea is that it's so the way we framed it so the first yeah the first ones that we did we did a series of five um invitations and we were three of the invited we (laughs) invited ourselves um and we invited two other artists as well um to be part of that so that was Millie Peck and Felicity Hammond um and the idea or the way that we wanted to frame it was that the billboard itself, the site itself, sort of framed the kind of curatorial invitation. So there wasn't like a specific, it wasn't a group show, it was like a series of solo shows, if you like, and there wasn't a specific sort of uh, theme that we wanted people to speak to, but we hoped that the site would sort of pull out um, overlapping concerns within people's practices. So obviously it's, it is like... Um, it has like constraints in the fact that, like you say, it's like essentially you create a digital file for a 48 sheet kind of six by three meter um, surface. And it's a post flat poster work. So it's quite restrictive in that way. Um, so we didn't want to impose any other things. But then obviously there's the idea that it's it's outside, it's publicly accessible, it's uh, usually commercial space, so it's sort of like changing it's asking people to sort of like look differently at that space um and when we invited people to make work for it we 
were usually drawn to things within their practices that we thought might like have interesting connections to working in that space so like with um Millie's work she was really interested in like commercial imagery and like advertising tropes and like flattened sort of space as well um and within Fliss's work she was like looking at a lot of urban redevelopments and like looking at these sort of renderings of like fictional futuristic um architectural spaces so that seemed really appropriate as well as a sort of response for the site so I don't know if that answers your question I can't remember yeah, the question yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah yeah I guess uh, yeah sort of wondering if the yeah, if in choosing the artist or choosing the work to go on the billboard whether there were specific I guess specific concerns or things um just with it being so public or not really being able to sort of anticipate anticipate who's going to go by or see it or in terms of content or I don't know. Um, That's kind of happened a bit more with Dan's work, which is a bit more, I don't know, It he it, a lot of the works for this run have been text-based and um, some of the options that he said through of some of the work, some of the designs he was working on for the billboard um, ref, made a lot of references to Bounds Green and so we had to kind of think whether that would, I don't know, it threw up a lot of different questions, which we hadn't kind of really had to consider because he asked us, like, if there's anything he's not allowed to put on the billboard that would be insulting or um, offensive or anything like that. So that hasn't really come up before, but has been interesting to think about, like, what our position is on it. Mm, yeah, particularly because we do want it to remain a critical space, I think. So, and I think, yeah, the sort of point of it for me anyway, is that it is like this, a space that sort of like allows like an alternative engagement with like visual content that we're sort of bombarded with every day and that does something like a bit more interesting and maybe like, and I don't know, like, yeah, churns up um, some of that stuff. Um, Definitely. I mean, afraid from, from living in Berlin for four years and then coming to London and just seeing... Um, more and more how the advertisements in each city are just so telling of what the vibe is of the city and coming to London and sort of I guess because I've been in Berlin for quite a while and just sort of really being quite um, offended by all of the adverts on the underground which are all for either mattresses energy drinks or that are you tired of being tired like natural remedy pill and I was like oh mm. my god everyone's just exhausted in this city like these are the yeah, things so that like meditation apps <laughs> or <laughs> yeah. um and so yeah I guess like it was just such an exciting idea to use a billboard as a kind of respite from the sort of imagery that we're gonna yeah of the adverts that we're sort of bombarded with particularly in London um but yeah I can't remember who said it now but I remember someone in Berlin saying um that they saw an advert for an energy drink in New York and they had the same advert in Berlin as well and it had the same picture and the same uh, font for the text but the text was slightly different in uh, New York it said something like buy this energy drink it will help you work longer and in Berlin it said buy this energy drink it will help you party longer I mean I think that's sort of mm. ad living but yeah, yeah it was just yeah. such a yeah obvious kind of point of the yeah the city mm. but yeah I, yeah I think it's like trying to maintain a balance like Amber was saying between like having that sort of like critical thread or input 
um, and also like inviting people on board with that as opposed to like being yeah coming across as like alienating or mm-hmm. um so yeah I think that's it's been something that's like been quite interesting to think about with this series more than with previous ones that we've done and you've also uh, there have been sort of off-site or there have been on-site events and then off-site exhibitions as well and like a few things inbound screen itself yeah it's been a really nice way to get to know the area actually um because i feel like every time we're there there's just we're there for like the billboard or for organizing local events and so yeah and and meeting people locally as well um but yeah for the last event um eilish and jacob they organized a kind of um karaoke in a local um restaurant called mum's bistro where a lot of people who live there do kind of, yeah, this karaoke night that happens every Wednesday, which was really great. So, I don't know, yeah, it's a different way to kind of experience a part of London. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do, you, do you find you have, like, a cert, like a group of local fans <laughs> the site, or people who are very interested in, or is it does it sort of change all the time? It or? kind of changes, because yeah, for the last change. event, I feel like we've exhausted our, like... <laughs> friendship group and family so like no one that we know came but Eilish and Jakob had this whole new kind of extended friendship group that came to support so it was like quite well attended but um so it does like shift and change and for the talk that you organized in um the Springfield which is the pub next door to the billboard um there were, were two artists there I think who had seen seen the billboard and went on the website and saw the listing of the event and came so yeah, like they live locally yeah and- um, we were really excited by the project, I think. Yeah, and we did a, a workshop at a school yesterday and um, the kids were saying that they'd seen the billboard a lot. So I think yeah. we're doing the school fate as well, so I think it'll be a chance to actually talk. And you actually went to a party of someone who lives on the Domino billboard site to kind of talk about, <laughs> as in to meet people, but also to be like, this is happening, come to the events. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't expose it as a blind okay. <laughs> because we do I think that's one of the things is that we all like we always invite all the neighbours um but we found like they don't always get the invitations or they don't always see them and sometimes we've had like them come um like drop in as they walk by but for the most part it's still relatively separate so we're like quite keen to bridge that a bit more um so yeah I think it's starting to work mm. But yeah, we've got a favourite neighbour who was the one, I think you mentioned, made us tea and gave us crisps. and (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, big fans. (laughs) But yeah, I I guess it's quite important to do that in a way, like to still be making the the work you want to make or curating the work you want to curate. But if, yeah, if that sort of, connection with just the people around it or the people who weren't didn't think they were interested in art before that or contemporary art um yeah it's really nice to to make that bridge and for them to not feel like it's this Mm. i think it's it's really nice talking to people and discovering that they have seen it or registered it and that they like it that either said like like thought in passing, like, oh, that's a bit different, or <laughs> that doesn't quite look like an advert, and, like, something is, like, going on there in that sort of, like, exchange or engagement, and I think 
that's something we're really interested in, like with that road side sort of like position and it being such a thoroughfare and a place where cars are just like zooming by and pedestrian traffic and the vast majority of people who encounter the work won't have come specifically to see it. Um, but that's really exciting. And mm-hmm. Yeah, because the guys in Hot Milk, um, we went to one of the local cafes where we we're going to be hosting one of the events. Um, uh, they, they've seen it, they've been in, yeah, talking about it. So it's just nice that the locals have really been registering it as a rotating mm. programme. So, yeah. And I guess I was going to ask about, um, like, do you, with doing the Skelf show, do you yeah. see, like, parallels in the way people might engage with that that there will be there'll be an audience with a lot of context for it but then there'll also be other parts of the audience that are maybe just stumbling across or i I don't know what maybe online is different than a road (laughs) yeah i think it is probably quite different but there were some in that I do think that most of the people who encounter the Skelf site will have come there on purpose to see the work or to see Skelf mm-hmm. um, and what's going on, what's programmed there. Um, that's maybe also something to ask Claire more about in terms of like how people generally come across the site. Yeah. Um, but it does seem definitely something that's less kind of just general passing traffic. Um, but um, I think something we're really interested in is that these are both like alternative spaces for showing work outside of like traditional gallery formats or contexts, and that they do still, and that they in different ways offer sort of an expanded or more accessible way of, or not, yeah, differently accessible way mm-hmm. of um, encountering works. Um, and again, that they hold like their own sort of like limits and frameworks. Um, and also something that I was really interested in is the fact that they're both spaces like usually operate quite commercially. So the billboard obviously is this advertising space, um, but in public space. So sort of like this weird boundary boundary that it's straddling between like public and private. So it's mm-hmm. privately owned but it's like attempting to sort of like reach a wide audience and and assume a sort of like uh, sense of its being like public within public ownership in some sense. Um, And I think online spaces often um, act similarly in that, you know, obviously with like everything that we're engaging with and increasingly it's like more and more people have a greater awareness of it that like you know with social media any any sort of operating online anything that we're looking at or clicking at cookies are like following us and monitoring that in order to advertise back to us Mm -hmm. um so I think this idea of this being like a really publicly owned free space but actually um being very aware that it's like heightenedly curated and um manipulated I guess in order to like sell us stuff and market yeah, us yeah. so I think taking up space within those quite like complex um zones is kind of quite interesting and something that like connects the two different spheres somehow mm, yeah. yeah and the way we've uh, curated the scale website was we've taken a map from 
the local Bounds Green area where the billboard is, and we're using that as the backdrop for the actual exhibition. Um, so clicking on different parts of the map to open up the different artworks on the site. Yeah, so, yeah. So, and, and it's called Bounds, mm-hmm. the show. So, yeah. yeah, so there's very, although, I mean, sometimes the nice thing about Scalp is that you can, I mean, anywhere there's sort of a broadband connection in the world, you can kind of access it pretty mm-hmm. much fully. And, yeah, it's nice that then this very specific site in London is, like, mm. going everywhere or... Yeah. Ex- a, there's a way into it from you know the other side of the world pretty much yeah but, yeah um, and I think we were, when we were discussing like how we'd like to the site to be and to be navigated and we um were talking about the map thing and I was sort of thinking like what shape it could take like should it be something that's like quite stripped back and simplified like should it just be a line map or like something that's sort of like references or should it be something that's more direct um, and was thinking about like Google, the Google Earth images, um, where you can like, as you're saying, literally like zoom in anywhere in the world and sort of be there and like put the little man shape into the space and pivot around and like see <laughs> see your surroundings. Um, and yeah, again, thought that was really interested, interesting. Sorry, in terms of like thinking about navigating space and sort of like public spaces but also like private ownership so um we've used a satellite image of which is ripped from google and stitched together um and like yeah i guess thinking in some of those ways about that sort of some of those conversations yeah, like the layering of it as well because i guess with especially with google earth you have like quite dated like things aren't updated so there's this kind of weird like changing or layering of like different temporalities and what's there in image and what's there at the moment but yeah yeah um, yeah I know I've gone in and looked at things and like you or there'll be a specific site and I wanted to sort of look at it but you get you go a little bit down the road and it all of a sudden goes from like midsummer to like winter yeah because there's just different times they've gone through and taken the photos and apparently the name bounds green um comes also from previous like farm in the area and the farmland is still partially preserved as like the only common land in the along that stretch um which is so it's literally a a really small common from what I could see on google Mm. maps and my walks in the area (laughs) but I was like is it really the only commonly owned land in that bit I mean debatable but green land I guess Yeah, yeah and um and so in order to figure this out without going, <laughs> I was, uh, which I don't know if I'd be able to tell anyway, I was just like hopping into Google Maps with the little man and like walking around that space. And then I remember seeing, because there was another bit of greenery on the map that we'd actually like expanded out as like part of the backdrop. I was like, oh, let's just like zoom in on these like trees, which are just like really weird formally. Um, and so I was like, well, this is a green space. Like that might be like owned by the council. And, um, it's not, I found out that I was like trying to like get into it on Google maps and it was like, nope, can't go in there. (laughs) Force field sort of thing. So I think, yeah, that's really interesting. Even in virtual space, those spaces are like demarcated. 
some yeah some really what was up on the billboard there. when you went past the billboard on google maps i didn't go past the billboard on it oh, I, think, I think i think it's it an old i think it was thing. how it was when we first saw yeah. it so the blue okay. peeling yeah, with yeah. a bit of graffiti in the corner yeah oh. inspiration <laughs> for you <in> <laughs> yes yeah um but yeah and there were some other quite interesting things as well about like the toll gate at being a stopover for travelers um before they reached like the boundaries of, of London. Okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we thought that idea of, like, it being, like, this portal or in-between space or, um, yeah, is is also quite interesting in terms of, like, thoroughfare and passing through, which definitely happens on mm. the billboard site um, and which, like, happens in very different ways in virtual spaces as well. The next thing I was going to ask about was, like, the reaction of, like, People around there, but we sort of already talked about. We that. had some yeah. really great oohs and ahs from the class yesterday. Yeah. Oh yeah, but that, yeah, so, <laughs> but yeah, we, I was thinking we didn't get to. You did a a school visit yeah. yesterday, or you took the school group to. Um, Both. Yeah. 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 So um, we had a class of thirty nine year olds. That was the first time I'd ever done anything like that before. It was really fun. Quite inspiring in a way they were so sweet so sort of engaging and up for it but we hosted a marbling workshop and taught the kids how to do a bit of marbling which is something I'm doing in my own practice yeah, yeah. and uh, and then we took them to the billboard itself so it was quite like lots of different elements to the yeah. day um, <laughs> introducing the billboard and what is art and then <laughs> making some marbling and then going to the billboard itself so yeah. Holly yeah. did a really good job of explaining to nine-year-olds <laughs> Jennifer's work, um, which is, like, yeah, obviously very complex, and, like, the kind of metaphor, using a metaphor of, like, the toothworm, thinking about um, migration or, like, immigration um, policies by Amber Rudd or, like, comments by Amber Rudd. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. are we all... On the same page here, we all following. <laughs> but yeah, it was yeah. it was a really good session. I think part of yeah, it was sort of like thinking about how we could ask get them as well to like question where art can be seen and what format it can take. So the the pieces that they made, the marbled papers that they've made, um, led by Erin are going to exist on the Scalf site as downloadable wallpapers for, like, um, screens. Oh, so, that's really nice, yeah. Yeah, mm. so they'll go from, like, these actual physical works to these digital kind of downloadable things. Um, and, yeah, hopefully they'll be happy with that. One of them wanted us to sell the works for them. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that the next <laughs> yeah. stage of the evolution? Like commercial gallery <laughs> For nine-year-olds. For nine-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, well, like, yeah, that was interesting. You were, I guess that's interesting how they would have interacted with, like, so it's Jennifer Martin? This, yeah. And it's, yeah, and I guess it's that, um, you already said sort of, but that parallel between the metaphors of like tooth decay and perhaps the way the home office has been looking at immigration. And yeah. that's, um, yeah, that's a, that, I, I, don't, I don't know how I would have taken that on at nine years old. Yeah, or, um, it was fun. We just did some like general 
first responses, so like their lots of their first. It's kind of funny because you're not sure what they're like just saying to impress you mm-hmm. and what they're saying. Like, well, you kind of can tell. <laughs> like we had a lot of wows and impressive. <laughs> we even had masterpiece, which is like great. We have to tell Jen that. But, um, but we also had like more direct responses that sort of spoke about like the material or like visual qualities of the work like um or all the sense that you get from the work so we had lots of like eerie creepy um ghostly because it's a black and white image and there's this like figure white figure drained of color detailed intricate like all of these quite descriptive words and then it was sort of a case of pulling out or asking them to like uh, you know what did what was the words that you were reading because some of them commented on like the funny shape of the letters and stuff and and what was the woman in the image doing and so like from that sort of starting Mm. to build bridges between what they were kind of visually reading and what those metaphors might then extend to um but I think that's the case with like all of the works and with everyone's engagement with them is that you're like experiencing them on many many levels and lots of the artists I guess because of the the space itself invites either a sort of like collusion with or a, or a pushback directly against like commercial forms of imagery so like Amber was saying lots of these are quite text-based. Some of them really, like, embrace the form of the adverts. There's someone, I can't remember who said, that Jen's looks quite like a, a film um, Yeah, it does. A poster. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Which works, I guess, for her work, like, within film as well. So, but, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just thinking of Eilish and Jakob, and mm. they, I think they were the first ones to kind of incorporate another, like, physical element. So they coated the... Um, billboard poster with sugar sugared water to attract insects and kind of like non-human attraction and extend it to yeah to kind of other participants so <laughs> yeah, yeah it's really interesting sort of going through all the proposals for that because we had an open call at RCA for uh, students to submit proposals for the billboard and uh, yeah interesting sort of how ma- majority of the proposals we went through a lot of them were really trying to head on like tackle that commercial um, framework of the space and then Jakob and Eilish totally outside of that um, kind of yeah pushing back like mm. you're saying um, deciding to go for more of a kind of love approach and mm. it was a lot more poetic and positive and it was quite an interesting way to use a billboard rather than trying to ha- like tackle that kind of commercial yeah. and not mm. even totally about the visual pro- yeah. you know if you're it's having sugar and this yeah. interaction with like insect life yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. finding another audience altogether mm. like, yeah. yeah really like delicate and had a lightness to yeah. it mm. yeah yeah and that link like the karaoke sort of element was also like super lovely so they read some um Baudelaire. yeah um but so I guess like the text was all taken from the local area so they had like the favorite from favorite chicken shop <laughs> and, um, and that used to construct this like piece together poem love poem romantic poem oh, okay. that was like for anyone you wanted it to be including like wildlife or insects um so that was really lovely. Um, and then, yeah, 
the karaoke that they did afterwards, um, which was like quite like this communal joyful affair, has <laughs> like now fed back into the work that they're making for the online scalp site. So they've got just one line, um, which sort of like reads karaoke style, and then like a butterfly uh, cursor. Oh, okay around the screen and like these different sort of like interactive elements that they've drawn out which I think is really nice yeah sucking the nectar the sweetness it's <laughs> really nice yeah someone I can't remember what this talk was or how it came up but it was thinking about like how you work with people or maybe like seeking out opportunities or whatever and I think actually Erin's inspirational for this but like (laughs) just doing it yourself I think is a really good way of like creating your own opportunities rather than like waiting for things to come Mm -hmm. to you or waiting for an invitation it's like why don't you invite others to work with you I think that's really exciting and definitely I think it's something that we all just we really like doing I mean there is that element of like oh it could be seen like yeah like raising each other up which is like a good phrase but then it's not a, necessarily about kind of like a careerist or like wanting to do it for any particular kind of purpose. It's, we just work well together and I think we just really like doing stuff, getting stuff done. And that's the exciting part for me, I guess, also because we're individual artists and we're working in our own work. And well, for me, myself, when I'm living up the hill mid Wales and I'm very isolated <laughs> <laughs> and I'm you know, cutting stuff out for, you know, 12 hours a day or whatever. And then having as part of my practice, I see it as part of my practice to do these projects with other artists and, yeah, having those discussions. So it's really about the the magic of the doing of of it Mm. more than kind of, you know, a strategy for survival. But I can see why that's, yeah, a fair point as well. Yeah, and actually it's possibly also worth mentioning we're doing as a closing event for the Skelf project um, or exhibition we're going to be doing um, a com- an in-conversation event with Claire um, okay. from Scuff and with um, Softball Studs, who we're working with on this leg of the billboard and who will be showing in the Scuff show. Um, so this Art Licks weekend is interdependence is the theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we thought it'd be really interesting to talk about and think about some of the, like, structures that we're sort of encased within that um are sort of like both benefit us but also we sort of like have a desire to like push back against a bit um and thinking about these spaces or groups that work sort of collectively um so like Skelf obviously Claire's working with lots of artists all the time in this new format that she's doing inviting different people to then curate other projects with more artists is like mm. another kind of spider web one. Um, Softball Studs are a collective based in Singapore um, who are all artists in their own right and work together collaboratively on on various projects. Um, but they actually you were talking you were say, talking about um, their relationship to like censorship within yeah, Singapore. I think it's really interesting when we met. Um, yeah, we we met them in a while ago and basically they were talking about um how there's so much censorship in Singapore that their kind of strategy of resistance is just non-transparency so it's not like they're doing anything that's illicit or illegal it's just by not being clear about what they're doing that in itself is a kind of act of resistance um yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, I kind of felt that when I was looking at their website because there was sort of a list of just things like events that had happened, but I don't, re- you know, you don't really know that much about what the event was after the fact. But, mm, yeah. but maybe just holding them and having people interact there and not having a kind of mm. online archive is probably an effective way for them to work. Mm. Yeah, because they're saying that well, their um, space is inside the sort of red light districts of Singapore and they sometimes have uh, moles, like government spies that will go and just sort of make sure they're not doing anything too sort of deviant. Um, and you have to have a, li- a performance licence and things like that. Mm. So maybe they're quite restricted as, yeah, what they can sort of show as documentation online because of that. But we'll have to speak to yeah. about it, yeah. I always think it's so interesting the fact that that kind of interest from kind of governmental bodies kind of really shows or like displays like a sort of reverence in a sense for like the power of art and creative thought and and thought that is like that moves away from like the government line or whatever um which I think often is in a way it's quite complimentary So, that's all for this episode of the Skelf Podcast. I'd like to thank Holly Graham, Aaron Hughes, and Emba Sale-Bennett for taking the time to sit down and talk about the exhibition and a bit of cipher history. Bounds, their show on Skelf, will feature work by Larry Achampong, Eilish and Jakob, Holly Graham, Aaron Hughes, Jennifer Martin, Dan Mitchell, Millie Peck, Francesca Tams, Skewamorph, and Softwall Studs. The exhibition on the billboard in July will be by the Softwell Studs Collective. Then in August, there will be work by Dan Mitchell with the performance event with Ben the Rebel Wallers the evening of Wednesday, the 21st of August. In September, there will be work by Larry Achampong with a screening of some of the Relic Traveller films the evening of Thursday, the 19th of September. There will be more information about all these events on the Cypher Billboard website, www.cypherbillboard.com closer to the time. The Artlicks event we spoke about is happening on Sunday, the 20th of October, as part of Artlicks Weekend 2019. To be so entangled, resistance, complicity, collaboration will be a discussion between Skelf, Cypher Billboard, and Softwall Studs. It will be at 2 p.m. in Hot Milk Cafe in Bounds Green. Look out for full details on www.cypherbillboard.com or the Artlix website, www.artlix.com. Bounds will be on the Scalf website from the 17th of July to the 22nd of October 2019 and archived thereafter. Music on this episode is courtesy of the Cleaners from Venus and the Free Music Archive. I am Mark Belden. I'd like to send a big thank you to Clara Undy and Lizzie Munn at Skelf. This production is supported using public funding by the National Lottery through Arts Council England. Skelf is at www.skelf.org.uk and all the past exhibitions are archived there. 
You can email us at podcast at skelf.org.uk. Listen or subscribe to the Skelf podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Episode 4 will accompany the next exhibition in October 2019. Until then. Thank <laughs> you.